You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. Hello, Nick. Well, Nick, I've got you over the phone today. Got uh, some internet issues down your way. Yeah, mate, the uh, internet's playing up a bit, so I thought I'd phone it in, but we'll just uh, trudge along and see how we go. Well, after last week's postponement, it's great to know the Dons will definitely be playing tomorrow night. Against the side I probably hate the most in Carlton. Yeah, bloody host. It's always good to uh, go up against the old enemy, James, and definitely a big rivalry there. And yeah, definitely one of my less favourite teams as well. Well, a big win for us before the game's even played, uh, with Mackay is out due to rib damage. I must admit, I was a bit nervous about him playing a key role on Saturday night. So that is quite welcoming, I feel. Yeah, I mean, you know, poor bloke, coming an injury. Yes, it's good for us, but yeah, hopefully he recovers soon. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we go in terms of the uh, matchups because I'm sure that was the one we were planning for during the week. Yeah, we did speak about that in our last episode, uh, who would play on him because he's quite tall and you know, when he takes the ball at the highest point, uh, I felt that was could be a problem for us because we don't really have a player that could match him for height. It's a bit like when Joey's playing for us and he marks the ball at, full, at the highest point. Uh, very few defenders can stop that. Yeah, buddy, yeah, so... Yeah, it's a good good win for us, but um, yeah, we'll see how we go on the night. Well, let's get into the side that was named. Uh, you want to read that out, mate? Yeah, no worries. All right, so from the back line, so we got Francis, Hooker and Hurley. Always a great sight to see. Uh, on the half-backs, we got Saad, Redmond and Ridley. That's a pretty strong back line, if you ask me. Like, you know, uh, it's not really wanting for much. Probably the only player that uh, is missing that, generally plays down there you're looking at like a McKenna but uh, with Ridley's rapid improvement this year uh, he's been a welcome addition on that halfback flank line yeah definitely I, I fully agree with that and look we heard over the uh, off season that McKenna wanted to play more forward so with Ridley's development maybe this is McKenna's chance whether when he does come in we'll chuck him on a wing or maybe on a forward flank or something and see what damage he can do there but um no, look, that, that line-up, very, very happy with that. Yeah, well, you heard um, John Worsfold say recently that um, he still feels Connor plays his best footy down back. So I don't think uh, Wush is completely sold on uh, McKenna playing any other position, but uh, maybe McKenna's going to have a point to prove if he wants to show that. Yeah, but yes, but no. No, look, he, look. You wouldn't complain if, if there was a Ridley or a, or a McKenna there. Um, I just hope when McKenna does come in, it's not at the expense of Ridley. I still want him in the side. So whether they chop out for each other on a wing or on a on a flank or something, I don't care as long as they're both in the team. Great players, both of them. Yeah, it's really exciting to see. All right, so if we go from the centres, as named currently, it's uh, Tom Cutler, Zach Merritt, David Zaharakis. On the half-forward line, we've got Deb Smith, Snelling, and McDonald tipping Woody. Are we going with that small centre forward line again? Yeah, bloody yeah. It's like they're just bypassing the, the centre half forward, just going straight down to McKernan in the, in the full forward line. Yeah, it's the Mosquito Squadron. Back it up, mate. So down in the forward line, we've got Dringer, McKernan, and Townsend. The followers are Bell Chambers, McGrath, Shield, with Fantasia, Gleason, Parrish, and Langford on the bench. Well, it's great to see Fantasia and Gleeson making their first appearances uh, this year. 
uh, you know, Fantasia. Let's hope he's got some movement back because even last year when he did play, he just wasn't the Raz that we knew him of. Uh, he, he played much better the year before. And, yeah, let's hope Raz has got that, that way about him where he just is you know, so dangerous around the footy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I think he did. I mean, even in the preseason, he seemed to move a bit freer, but he, he just showed a bit, a bit of rust. So hopefully this training period's been been good for him. He's been able to get the body a bit more fresh, as, as well as you know getting more used to the game plan himself. Even though it's in a training environment. Yeah, I've got to say with Raz too. Like one of my main concerns with him, uh, even though he's when he's been back, he just hasn't been able to find the pill. Like we've have a look at some of his stats, and you know the sub six possession games. You know we need our um, player like as good as Raz is. He needs to find the footy a bit more than that. Yeah, can't fault that. It's um, definitely an area he needs to pick up on, and I'm sure he will. I'll, I'll back him in. He's um, he's such an exciting talent for us, and now I'm going to back him in to uh, to come back strong for us. Maybe not this week. I, I think the signs of Russ will still be there, but yeah, definitely he'll he'll grow through the season. And um, what about our emergencies? Who have we got named there? So currently the emergencies are Phillips, Ham, Guelphy. And Ambrose, and yeah, I think a few people have said, uh, poor old Guelphie's you know, been dropped twice in two weeks, so um, yeah, it's not a <laughs> not your favourite record to have, but there you go. Yeah, well, there is some talk I've heard that, uh, about Tom Cutler, there was some suspicions on his fitness for the game, and you'd think if he misses, probably uh, Braden Ham might be the man who gets the call up. Yeah, well, he does play that wing well, and you know, when we've seen him play, like, his delivery to the forward line is just brilliant. It would be a bit of a shame if Cutler doesn't get up because I was looking forward to seeing his run on the MCG. You know, obviously, you know, the play of the SCG and, and Eddie had. And, like, they, those grounds just don't allow someone like that to, to run the wings. It's, they're smaller grounds, obviously. So for someone like Tommy Cutler, who is strength, he's run and he's booming kick, I reckon he'd do really well on the MCG. So hopefully he gets up, but, look, you know, if, if if Ham comes in, definitely wouldn't be disappointed with him uh, jumping into the side. I, I think he's a super talent, and yeah, I look forward to seeing him for many years to come. Yeah, well, we talked about Guelphie being dropped twice in two weeks. Uh, Braden Ham had the unfortunate occurrence where he was named in the side and didn't get to play, and then was out of the side the following week. So that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> Obviously, didn't get too many touches, but um, yeah, yeah, poor bastard, but. Yeah, I guess we'll see uh, what transpires on, on Saturday, who takes the field. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with either of Cutler or Ham uh, jumping on. I think they both have so much time for us. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, you know, this is a game, you know, I think if we're fair dinkum, I know Carlton are coming off beating Geelong, but uh, Carlton should not be in the same realm as us. You know, you know I feel we've named a pretty strong side. Uh, and with uh, the loss of Mackay, to me, I, I think Essendon should really be hunting a bit of percentage in this game. And I know that's dangerous to say because you've got to respect every opponent. But when you look at these two sides, there's no way known Carlton should be able to beat us. I, I, I'm really strong on that. So I think if we lose this game, it'll be a, because we mentally were not ready to play. Yeah, I think you're spot on there, James. Yeah, and definitely when you look through the side, like we were sort of talking about, you know, Eddie Betts is potentially their most dangerous player, like for us to match up on, like obviously him and Cripps, but you know, it's sort of Betts, Cripps, Daylight, 
and then maybe Murphy. So oh, you got to yeah. watch. Um, sorry, I'm just going to jump in now. You got to watch Walsh as well. Like, um, he's a very you know, classy player, but um, yeah, most of those players you you said were are probably there's a big gap between their bottom five and our bottom five. If you know what I mean. Like, I, I think our our last five players picked would be much much better than their uh, last five players picked. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I think like as you sort of talked about last week, like we just need to be on from the first bounce. Like we can't let them sort of get a jump on us and then play catch up footy because yeah, you know, obviously that's a pretty poor way to start and it's very hard to to catch up uh, if you let someone get the jump on you. So no, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm quite confident we should um, get it over the line. And you're right, like these are the sorts of games if we are serious about. Uh, being finals contenders, these are the ones we need to really go, nah, we have to win this one by hook or by crook. So, yeah, looking forward to the sort of effort we we put out because I think that'll be telling for this season more generally. Yeah, and, and the other way to look at this is, uh, you know, in a positive light, is we're going to see Rutten and Carousella's uh, coaching game plan on the MCG the first time this season. So uh, we, we obviously know Carousel had a... Great uh, coaching career or assistant coaching career with Richmond, so he should know that ground very well. And I'd hope with it, with the time between games, uh, he's been able to instill a lot of those uh, techniques into our side. Yeah, that's a that's a good point as well. Like one thing that used to frustrate, I'm sure all of our fans is, um, you know, if we weren't sure what the play was next, we'd just chip it side to side or even backwards and get ourselves into trouble. So. Like and this year we've definitely seen the uh, every move is sort of to go forward. Whether it's a tap, a, a little um, punch forward, or or even a kick, like little toe pokes from Saab we saw a couple of weeks ago. Just little movements like that to keep the ball going forward and allow our runners to to get onto that and um, get dangerous for us. So I think yeah, seeing the seeing the game plan on the MCG will be excellent. Obviously we'll have to develop that more as the year goes on, but. I definitely think that'll serve us a lot better than kicking side to side and the nervous footy you used to play previously. Yeah, all right. Well, um, after the break, let's go into our Remember When segment. I'm sure you've got a good game for us, mate. What year, what year are you going with? Uh, mate, it's the uh, round 20 of 2007. The uh, yeah, highlight of my memories. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm going to go with a game a little bit uh, later than that. I'm going with the round 22 game in 2013 so uh yeah well let's talk about those after the break (laughs) you're listening to don's cast and a regular segment for us each week when we play a team we recall a game from our past that sticks in our mind mate you always go to first so let's talk about the game that you've chosen first yeah, beautiful. So, um, yeah, for my remember when game, I went back to round 20 of 2007. So, while we didn't have much success that year, we had some really exciting players. And we still had some champions. We had Lloyd, Lucas, Hurd, and Fletcher, albeit those players at the back end of their careers. But they were, they were also real warriors. So there was Spike McFay, Andrew Welsh, Adam McPhee, and then some real young guns. They had Andrew Lovett, Jason Winderley. And the ultimate Essendon utility player, Nathan Lovett-Murray. Now, you might remember, uh, this is one of those very rare games, James, where the great hopes, Jason Laycock and Scott Gumbleton, both played. 
as well. So That's a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> Look, 2007 was a disappointing year in many ways, but it was never boring. So we started strong with wins over the Crows and the Dockers. We lost round three against Carlton in a high-scoring game uh, that went down to the wire, with the Blues ultimately winning by three points. Now, we won against the Saints in round four, but then lost three in a row against Pies, Hawks and Roos. But we had, a, we had a win streak of four, beating the Lions, Tigers, Swans and the Eagles before losing to Port in round 12. And then we beat the Dees before losing three in a row again, this time against the Cats, Dogs and the Pies. So, needless to say, we need wins to stay in touch with the competition. Um, and we defeated the Crows before falling to the Hawks and Frio. So with three rounds to go, we needed to win these games to stand a chance of making finals. And so it was, we faced Carlton in round 20. Now, Carlton actually won the pre-season comp that year. And they took care of Richmond in round one. And then obviously, yeah, beat us in round three. But apart from two other wins against the Port and the Doggies in rounds 10 and 11, they had a very poor season. But, you know, being an age-old rival, they always lived against us. And this game was tightly contested right until the last minute of the game. So as we start the game, McPhee gets us going early with a kick from the cold square after a sloppy 50-metre penalty by Carlton's defenders, who were on the back foot as a fleet-footed windowlick tore through the middle of the ground. Uh, Carlton kicked the next two, though, to take the lead before we pegged one back through Kyle Reamers, taking the ball out of the contest and using his pace to get the ball going to our forward 50, which was picked up by Hurd, who kicked into the goal square, and Lloyd swallowed it up and kicked truly. Carlton kicked away, though, and they led by 16 points early in the second quarter. Scotty Lucas kicked one early, but Carlton struck back and chewed up again with a good forward entry to their 50, which is spoiled by Mal Michael. I do remember when he came across, James. Yeah, I um, do. Yeah, and I, I think it was but Lance Whitmore. Like he, he basically taken a mark that Mal Michael just cannon into him, uh, and the ump's called play on. I reckon you get weeks these days. But, uh, no, look, the ball spilled, spilled out, and Mark Johnson pounced on it, getting the ball out to our runners in Winderleek. Walsh, back to Winderleek. He passed it back to Scotty Lucas. He hit Kyle Reamers out. He was about 35 metres out from goal, and he swatted his first goal of the AFL. You know, he actually got picked at uh, pick 47 in 2006. This is one of his um, first season in the AFL, and, yeah, what could have been, eh? But, um, look, we still trailed Carlton. And they again kicked two more goals to lead by 23 late in the second quarter. Then Lloyd took a strong mark in our 50 and again kicked true to keep us in it. As we ended the third quarter, though, Carlton were threatening to pull away from us. They led by 29 a few minutes into the third quarter. And then Laycock took a strong grab on the halfback and delivered to young gun Brent Stanton, who hit Lloyd Lace out 15 metres from goal. He went back and kicked his third of the match. And then... When Angus Monfries uh, launched one from 50, we began clawing back. Monfries was involved again in the next goal as well, hitting up McPhee, who kicked his second uh, to bring us within two goals of Carlton. So Carlton kicked, kicked the next goal and would have kicked another, but for some great defensive efforts from Scotty Lucas, who smashed Lance Whitmore off the ball and got it out to Nathan Lovett-Murray, who started a series of passes through the middle of the ground uh, before Mark Johnson ran inside 50, Back, uh, balked a defender and then kicked an absolute ripper to cut Carlton's lead to just 10 points. And then minutes later, Spike McVeigh kicked another beauty. We were within a kick. 
Carlton got the next goal, though. But a great run from Stanton on the wing. And a kick that was so marked by Montreux, who kicked straight, um, had us clipping at the heels again. Then, in the last 30 seconds of the third quarter, Gumbleton contested the ball well on the wing and got the ball to McPhee, who hit Mark Johnson on the run, who kicked it to the man of the moment, Angus Montreux, right on the 50. Now, Gus was a bit of a favourite player of mine at that time, and he was a beautiful kick of the ball, but you know that sort of range definitely tested him. But look, he, he launched it into the goal square, and Lloyd looked like he was going to grab it, but he dropped it. But he stopped really quickly, and what had us, what happened next had us jumping up and down. So Lloyd dropped the ball, but then picked it up, and then knowing he had players all around him, he just nonchalantly backheeled the footy through what would be the goal of the season for 2007. Best from 52. It's long. Lloyd's down there. Gathers. Oh. It's a Bloody clever bit of footy. And with that, the Dons took the lead at three-quarter time. It was 12 goals, 6, 78 to Carlton's 11 goals, 11, 77. So, as you can see, it's a bloody tight game going to the fourth quarter. But look, as the fourth quarter started, Carlton kicked two to take the lead again before Lloyd kicked his fifth for the game. And then Jimmy Hurd snapped one through for us to take back the lead again. We extended the lead to eight points when Lloyd kicked his sixth, but then Carlton kicked the next three to take the lead by nine points with just over five minutes to go. Then, Andrew Lovett started to use his dash and his penetrating kick to hit Montreux just inside 50, with the ball eventually finding its way to Nathan Lovett-Murray, who kicked a great goal from just outside 50. Lovett again used his pace in the next play to find Lloyd, who then passed it over the top to a completely open Jason Laycock, who slammed one through for us, uh, to again take the lead with only four minutes to go. The ball was then locked in as both teams uh, fought fiercely to control. But with under a minute to go, Andrew Lovett used his class to rove a ball out of a ruck contest in our forward to kick a very classy goal off the outside of his boot. Down but to Bannister, hands to Walker. Magnificent smother Lovett. He can seal the deal. Runs in. They're home. Finals are still on the page. Nash. Been a big win this, oh. really, the Bombers. They've been they challenged twice. You'll hear an almighty roar. They've come from behind to keep their finals chances alive. We knew we were home. So we ended up winning that game 118 to 108. And I remember fist pumping and singing the song with gusto. It was just a ripping game. There was just so many great moments. Ultimately, though, we didn't make the final that year and it ended up being she and Hurd's last year at the club as coach and captain of the Bombers, respectively. But at least we could send them out, though, with uh, one lasting memory of beating Carlton, the old enemy, one last time. Well, so what were your memories of that game, James? Yeah, well, you're right. Um, Sheeds would have loved that. You know, his last win at Essendon was uh, over Carlton. So, you know, Sheedy really didn't like Carlton. And, you know, it probably stemmed from back in the day where you had uh, Robert Walls and him uh, were always at each other's throat. But, um, yeah, that game was very memorable. And I, I remember um, a bit of controversy over Lloydie winning goal of the year with that kick. But it was just, it's never been really seen again. So I think just how unique it was, that's why he won it. But, um, yeah, I remember he copping a bit of criticism for winning the car for that. <laughs> but um, he, he was great that day, Lloydie. And, um, yeah, it was a great win. And 
just some of those names you read out, you know, you wonder what would happen if they had played a bit more footy with the Bombers, you know, and Andrew Lovett, if he had had his head right, and you know, he's the kind of player we were calling out for. And uh, obviously we all know the problems uh, Scotty Gumbledon had, um, you know, just injury-wise, and, you know, he never became the player we needed him to become. Like, you know, I remember when we first drafted him, we wished he would be almost a, you know, you hate to put this moz on him, but like a Carey clone, he was going to be a strong marking centre forward, which would have been very welcomed, especially with uh, some of the players ageing, but it wasn't to be. But, um, yeah, it's always good to beat Carlton and... Yeah, like I said, uh, Carlton didn't have a great year that year either, but uh, it was still good to beat them. All right, so what's, what's, your, uh, what's your game, Jay? Well, I'm going back to round 22 of 2013, so a bit more uh, after your game, but nonetheless, it really sticks in my mind. Uh, in the round 22 of two thir- uh, 2013, the Bombers had all eyes on them, thanks to the supplement saga, and the speculation was James Heard was about to coach his last game of the Bombers. The pressure on each and every player was immense as the footy world condemned Essendon through most of the year. The Bombers were on 13 wins and would have already been assured a finals appearance but had a findings hearing the following week which could make it very hard for them to even participate in the finals. And as we later learnt, we would be summonly kicked out of the finals. So that's the disappointing part of this story because uh, Essendon really hasn't had... 13 or 14 wins at the late end of the season. We've always kind of scraped into the eight, uh, whereas this season uh, we, we were having such a great year as a team, so it would have been lovely to um, you know finish a bit higher up the ladder, but wasn't to be. In fact, of that year, in 2013, the Bombers were playing second on the la- for second on the ladder in round 18 that year. So you think late in the season... We've got a game against Hawthorne. Whoever wins will be second on the ladder. But obviously the uh, the saga was taking its toll. And we lost the next four games. Very heavy losses. So the speculation had really taken its toll. But there was still a lot of footy to be played. And that was against one of our biggest rivals in Carlton. Carlton was led by Mick Malthouse. And they were fighting for a, a spot in the eight also. And they obviously knew that if the Bombers were kicked out, their task would be made easier. Uh, made easier. So they were really hoping to get this result to nominate them for the finals, basically. So the game was tight for the first half. And in the third term, the Blues started to kick away. And we have to say we were very lucky to be in the game. As Carlton kicked four goals eight to our two goals straight in the third term. And they took about a 17-point lead into the last quarter. We were still within striking distance, but you had to question if we could have the focus on winning an AFL game, let alone with all the uh, drama that was unfolding around us. And, you know, we knew we were about to find out what penalties were about to be put on the club. So, you know, you would have forgiven the players for taking their eye off the ball in some ways with all the pressure they were under. Uh, Carlton added the first couple of points to that quarter, stretched their lead out to 19 points, but then goals to Myers, Hurley and Ryder got the Bombers in front. And the Blues then added another couple of points, and that tied up the game with only a minute to play. The Dons scrapped and pushed the ball into the wing, and a Bagley kick entered the forward 50. Now Carlton defender uh, McGuinness made a real mess of the spoil that was, uh, when the ball came down to the forward line. And then, in fact, to double up on that, 
he ran directly into Cade Simpson. Cade Simpson uh, dropped the pill, and Zara Arcus, who loves a goal, was happy to oblige, picking up the scraps and kicking the match-winning goal. Didn't need to, and then he ran over the top of his own man. Oh boy, Zaharakis kicks the goal. He's done it again. Zaharakis has done it again with 28 seconds left. Boy, oh boy, McInnes pulled his own mate over. Bombers are going to win here today. James Hurd and his Bombers have won by six points. It was a real moment of ecstasy for Bomber fans. As I said, we'd been under a lot of pressure, even as supporters and members, and uh, to get that win over a rival was fantastic. The year 2013 was a real shocker for us, but it was probably the last time we were going really strong late into the season. And you have to wonder what might have been if the Asada saga had never taken place. Oh, well, it's been a pretty emotional place here, some footy club, I think... You know, I, don't, I can't remember in my life a, a group of people being criticised and being had stuff thrown at them ever before the way we have. And um, it's brought us close together despite what people want to say about the fractures at the club, the fact that the, the players don't want to play here, the fact that people don't want to be at our club. Um, that's just not true. And I think if you saw the rooms tonight, you saw our training sessions, you saw... Um, the way we act around each other and, and yes there's been questions asked and there's been um, uh, answers given as to reason why things have happened there's been a lot of emotion at our footy club but we're a very tight group and to win tonight and the, the emotion in the rooms not just the players but the support staff the supporters um, the coterie group members the board you know we are tight and we've obviously got a, a bit ahead of us um, before we wait and see what happens. But um, we're a very tight group and I think the group will get even tighter as we move through it. Where would Herdy have taken us? I feel the players really played for the jumper under Herd. What did you think of that, mate? Yeah, it's real, um, I don't know. Like half of you tries to forget those times, but then it's so much part of you. You know, you, you do uh, remember it. Not, like I remember early on the season, Jesus, like, we were playing so well, um, you know, Joe Watson, Brent Stanton, and, and even uh, Bobcat Howlett, like, they were just absolutely killing it in midfield. Um, we had so many exciting players and some great games, but obviously, yeah, I think that level of stress and pressure would get to anyone, like, even people as mentally strong as, as Joe Watson. And, you know, I think definitely the uh, results would have gone a bit different like throughout the season if we didn't have that circling around us but I am glad they um, they rallied for this Carlton game because they're definitely a side I never like to lose to and the game itself was, yeah, it's really exciting even you know going through you know some of those names like even a Bagley like I, I love Baggers he, um, he never left the game wondering he put everything out there and not the most uh, talented player you've ever seen but you know, a few blokes who it was uh, sort of tough as him at that time uh, at Essendon. Um, so, fantastic win. You know, it's always a, a double win when you get up over Mick Malthouse as well. Um, <laughs> I just, definitely love winning against him. And, um, yeah, with Zaka kicking the match winner, he has kicked a lot of clutch, um, Carl Zaka. And I'm really hoping he can find um, that kind of form again, you know, these days, even though he's... Um, 
he might be getting a bit longer in the tooth. But I've had a great game to look back on, James. And yeah, what could have been? Yeah, well, oh, can I just say, Mick Mouldhouse was so salty after that game. He was so dirty. He signed in that, that night. He, I think it was either nine goals 22 or eight goals 22. It was an absolutely shocking night in front of the sticks. But a lot of those points were actually rushed by us. So it wasn't like they were missing all their shots. It was just we would prefer, uh, prefer to set up. And uh, we, were, we were just letting the ball go through and then starting our attack that way. But yeah, to kick 22 points in a game when you go down by a goal... You can only imagine how frustrated he was, but in some way he did get the last laugh because uh, Carlton finished ninth that year and with us kicked out of the finals, they jumped into the eight and actually beat Richmond, um, who had finished uh, in seventh spot. So, like, it was a a game that, um, you know, I remember well. And I've got to say, at the time, I was really fearful that we wouldn't see James Hurd coaching Essendon in the game. And we all know the story. He came back in 2015. And uh, even though we had some emotional wins, it just wasn't the same. There was too much stigma. And in the end, that took its toll. And we lost Hurdy for good in 2015 as coach. And that was a real sad point of me as a fan because you know I just had so much faith that Hurdy was going to be the one to lead us back. But we can't keep looking back. We've got to look forward. And now that man, we hope to be Ben Rutten. That's it. Yeah, Truck and Carousella and the rest of the coaching group there. Yeah, definitely got great faith in those guys. Um, yeah, you hear players talk about them now. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, it's only good things. So, yeah, looking forward to yeah, what develops. All right, well, after the break, we'll finish up and we'll do our bomber prediction. You're listening to Don's Cast, and as we finish up and wrap up the show, we'll go to our bomber predictions with our final three uh, questions that we usually ask each other, and that is the first one: Who will kick the first goal? Yeah, first goal will be interesting this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna back in Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody this week. I think he's due. He'll be probably missing the opportunity to kick another bag against Melbourne last week, so he'll be he'll be. Um, yeah, chomping at the bit to kick a few against Carlton, I reckon. So I'll go with AMT. What about yourself, Jane? Well, maybe it's a little bit cocky, but I can see Dylan Shield picking the ball up, not holding out, holding back, and taking a ping from outside 50 to get the Bombers' first goal. I'd love to see that, and it uh, really set up the game if we saw a Dylan Shield running goal. Yeah, I'll take that. No worries. Well, um, well on that then, Jane, um, who do you reckon will get the... Most well, can I be cheeky and say Crips? <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, I'm only joking because um, you know he's such a, a, a ball winner. But um, no, I'm going to go into that game. Zach Merritt again. I think um, he would have got a lot of confidence out of that Sydney game. And I think you no know, Carlton are going to be trying to lock down on probably Shield for his pace, and um, maybe uh, McGrath might get a bit of attention, but. Yeah, I think Zach Merritt might be the one who gets in and gets that pill and builds up the possession tally. Yeah, probably not a not a bad call, but um, yeah, I'll, I think I'll go. I'll actually go Shield for this one. I think yeah, you know, his run will be so important for us. He's, I mean, I suppose now he'll probably be one of our 
you know, bigger bodied mids in there. But it's just that burst of speed he's got. I think we'll be dishing the ball out to him to bring the board ball to our forward 50. And look, if some of those uh, disposals are, are kicks for goal, I'll, I'll take that too. But um, yeah, I'll go Shield. All right. And the most important question we always ask, who wins and how much by it? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back us in to win by about four goals. I think we really should be taking this game by the scruff of the neck. And I'd like to see us actually do a, like a full four-quarter effort and not just, you know, play really good 15 minutes, slack off for a bit. Because, you know, those junk time goals, <laughs> they bloody hurt you. So I just want to see a four-quarter effort. And I reckon we could, yeah, do them by, you know, at least 24, 25 points. What about you, Jane? Who are you backing? Yeah, well, you know, obviously I said at the start of the show, yeah, there's no reason why we should lose this game. So I'm going to Bombers, but I still don't have faith in us to put sides to the sword because we haven't seen that for a long time. But I still think it'll be relatively close, and I reckon we'll win by a couple of goals. Oh, well, as long as we get the four points, I'll take that. Yeah, of course, that's the most important thing. But, gee, I'd love to see us have some ruthlessness and, um, you know, really put them to the sword and, you know, take a big win out of that game. But, you know, as you said... We can't ask for any more than the four points, otherwise you'd be a bit greedy. But um, I think as Essendon fans, we'd love to see us really dominate a side. You know, as I said, and I hate using the word on paper because the game's not played there. But you put our names against theirs, and there's no reason why Carlton should be able to beat us. Well, well on that, um, you know, it's a pretty quick show because obviously we'll be doing our game review before we know it. Um, had to leave it quite late in the week to do this one due to a number of factors. But as I said, uh, you know, if we can get the win, I'll be very happy. Uh, what about you, mate? What, anything you want to say in closing? No, look, just um, just great to play another game of footy. And uh, there's no, no chess. Everyone's come back negative. So I'm happy with that. And yes, let's play ball. And I guess the other thing we probably forgot to mention... Um, just had it confirmed that the Bombers will be playing a scrap match um, this week. So that gives players like Laverde and Ambrose and you know players who haven't had a chance to play for a little while, uh, they'll be able to get some competition in, which uh, will obviously make selection even harder once uh, players are putting their hands up with a little bit of form behind them. Beautiful. And I think the other positive thing to mention, um, I believe Joe Dana is slowly getting ready for match um, simulation. I think he did some no-contact match simulation this week, but um, you'd have to think, you know, for the halfway mark of this season, we would hope to see Joe Danaher playing in the seniors. Yeah, look, that, that report I heard from um, the Lunchtime Catch-Up Patreon podcast, and uh, I think Knackers from Boba Blitz got down to the, that training, and from all reports, it seemed to be all positive. Um, you know, he's running around really well. It's from... All the vision I've seen recently, he seems to be in a really good headspace, like after and giggling around the club, so hopefully that's good signs as well. Um, you know, uh, hopefully Dodoro uh, just keeps on putting that, uh, putting a contract under his nose, just going, off. go on, Joe, anytime you want, mate. Uh, but, you know, just to see him happy and playing footy again, uh, that's that's fantastic. And, yeah, as always, love the insights from, um, from Scooter, Knackers and the gang. So, yeah, let's let's hope for a fit and firing Joe Denner later on the season. All right, well, with that, let's say go Bombers. Go Dons.